welcome to another episode of Learn to Grow Shorts. Usually in these episodes, I reflect on a topic of interest from my latest guests, but today I'm continuing a mini-series that defines the learning landscape. In the first part of the series, I outlined three ubiquitous trends that underpin the learning landscape and highlighted why learning has never mattered more. You often hear about the future of work, but this week I'm focused on the now of work because the future is here after all. I will give real-world examples of the need for constant change and reinvention, both for individuals and organizations alike. So let's get into it. Many people misquote Darwin and say that only the strong survive. But what he actually found was that it's the most adaptable, not necessarily the strongest, that thrive. As Heather McGowan says in her fantastic book, The Adaptation Advantage, in work as in life, evolutionary success belongs to those who can most readily adapt. In episode one, we talked about the fact that the only constant today is change. Today, we'll look at what that means for work, for organizations, and for the future of learning. Today, I want to talk about the fact that individuals and organizations must continuously adapt in order to survive and thrive. And I want to do that with examples using the stories of some companies you will most certainly have heard of. Let's start with Blockbuster. Blockbuster was a brick-and-mortar home movie and video game rental service. And at its peak, they owned more than 9,000 rental stores in the U.S. They employed more than 84,000 people worldwide. They were a $6 billion company. In a single year, they even earned more than $800 million in late fees alone. But within a decade, they were irrelevant and bankrupt. They rented their last movie in 2013 and reduced to a single store in Bend, Oregon, and rumor had it that store was being rented on Airbnb for $4. Talk about a fall from grace. Let's look at the flip side of that coin. In 1997, Reed Hastings, ironically partly due to a frustration with a $40 blockbuster late fee, started Netflix. The concept was simple. You made a list of the movies you wanted to see. Within a day, three of them arrived at your house. And when you were done, you had a prepaid envelope to send it back and another one from your list would arrive a day later. 20 bucks a month, no late fees, boom, problem solved. What's most interesting is the next piece. In 2007, largely because of the popularity of YouTube, Netflix adjusted their model to move away from DVDs and start to offer instant streaming. And this shift changed the way we spend leisure time today. It's the reason Netflix and chill has become a part of our vernacular. And the point here is, Blockbuster was too busy watching the money roll in to think about the next generation of consumers. They couldn't see the fact that the world was moving away from hard copy media like DVDs and CDs, but Netflix saw exactly that. And as technology improved, they saw video on demand as the future. Impressively, their streaming model is basically the industry standard today. Blockbuster's gone, but a slew of streaming services are thriving and have become not just streamers of content, but massive studios and content creators themselves. Another good example of this is when Apple famously undercut its own product, when they introduced the iPhone at the peak of the success of the iTouch. They did the same thing with the iPad. They knew they had to continually bring out the next thing, even if it meant competing with their own products. Here's another good cautionary tale from the business world. Kodak. Kodak peaked as a $28 billion business with 140,000 employees. 
They had a near monopoly on film and print imaging. Incredible company. Ironically, they even invented the digital camera, the technology that would eventually sink the company. The problem was, they had neither the capacity nor the culture to pivot as the world went digital. And as a result, they filed for bankruptcy just 16 years later in 2012. AT&T is a great contrast to Kodak. Their industry changed at warp speed, moving from cables and hardware to the internet and the clouds. And that rendered tens of thousands of jobs obsolete. So they had a choice, either hire an entirely new workforce or retrain the people they had. They had 280,000 employees, many of whom got their education and foundational job training in a whole different era. But rather than searching for talent elsewhere, AT&T invested in their people, and they chose to rapidly retrain their current employees while striving to engender a quote-unquote culture of perpetual learning. And that was how they would compete with rapid change. And you know what? It's working. It's working really well. And what's interesting is AT&T's dilemma and approach is emblematic of the problems facing many companies today. Jobs evolve at dizzying speed, and AI and machine learning stand to automate significant numbers of jobs. What these companies have realized is that reskilling and upskilling their people saves money and builds a strong, agile learning culture equipped to handle the inevitable uncertainties of the future. AT&T's radical billion-dollar investment in its people empowers their employees with the opportunity to reinvent themselves as the industry evolves, which is a really forward-thinking plan that has helped make the workforce and the company much more agile. They've created a culture of learning, growth, and adaptability to change. So what are we saying here? In a world where industries evolve so quickly, Individuals and organizations must be able to quickly acquire new skills and be primed for new opportunities. Pivots used to be an adjustment to the business model. Now pivots are the business model. Learning used to be a part of work. Now work is learning. Because without learning, there's no adaptation, there's no pivot, and there are no skills to deliver new and innovative services. And you know what? So far, I've talked about organizations primarily and what they need to do in order to adapt to a constantly changing world, but this is also true for individuals. If this is the landscape, and businesses must evolve to remain relevant, to survive, let alone thrive, then individuals have to be more intentional, more deliberate than ever, in how we build, refine, and frame our skills to add value in a continually evolving workplace. The Great Resignation is in some ways a great awakening, a kind of collective reckoning with what we actually want in a job, in a company, in our leaders, in the culture in which we spend the majority of our waking hours. I think it's time for all of us to think about the skills we have, the skills we need, and how we're going to go about building skills that are relevant not just now, but in the future. How flexible are we? How well do we take on new things? How adaptable? What do we contribute to the teams we work on? We need to think Netflix, not Blockbuster. AT&T, not Kodak, on the individual level as well as the organizational. Because by the time you realize what you have is obsolete, it might just be too late. And a quick teaser, I'm going to spend some time on how to actually do this uh, in our next episode on AI and why AI is not coming for our jobs just yet. And I'll also have an episode on how to uh, learn more effectively and efficiently.
Thank you guys for taking the time to listen. I hope you enjoyed it and all the best.